You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Petty John. I am the established voice of transformation. I teach individuals how to revolutionize their lives through purpose, identification, and execution. Today, you are listening to the What Now podcast. That's right, the What Now podcast, where we discuss effective ways of facing life's most difficult moments. Now, if you have been a fan, a follower, a subscriber, or you tuned in by accident before to any episode that we have, you understand that throughout this process, we have matured together. We have grown together, and through that matur- maturity and that growth, we no longer define those moments as difficult moments, but we now classify them as defining moments. Why? Because we have the right, the authority, and the responsibility, but we don't just have that right authority and responsibility. We took back that right authority and responsibility to define those moments in life and not allow ourselves to be defined by those moments. Let me slow down and say that again. To define those moments in our lives, but not allow ourselves to be defined by those moments. You are bigger than any moment that you may have faced in your life. Yes, the moment happened. Yes, you're faced with the reality of it, but now you are faced with the opportunity to show that moment just how powerful you are. Listen, let's do this real quick. Let's take our deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. One more time. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. All right. Now, if there, if you were able to do that exercise, that means there's life left in your body. Therefore, purpose remains. Therefore, this podcast is for you. Then number two, now we have you focused and you are focused on right now, all right? Today we have an amazing guest, y'all. I'm not reading a bio at all. Here's what I'm going to say about this young man. He, His name is Antoine Wallace. Yes, he's an apostle. He's a prophet. He is one of my favorite teachers. And 
anybody knows me, that's big right there because I don't listen to everybody. But the revelation that comes out of this man's mouth is needed for such a time as this. But I want to introduce him the way that he introduced himself. And it's, he is simply Antoine. So I want you to sit back, enjoy today's podcast or today's episode. And I'm going to tell you now, this is one of those masterclass type of episodes. You guys know that I have the freedom here on this platform to do it the way that I love to do it or do it the way that the spirit leads and guides me to do it. This was a masterclass. You will not hear me asking a lot of questions. You will not hear me interjecting a lot, interjecting a lot. Why? Because I believe that what this man holds needs to be heard. So as I said, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. All right, Antoine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yes, I'm excited about the conversation. Now, before we get into the conversation, I always start with an icebreaker question. I think you were on Transformation. You were on Transformation mm -hmm. Radio, so you've already did my favorite icebreaker question. So, if you could push a button and eliminate one problem in the world right now, what problem would that be and why? Ooh, well, I think now and probably more than ever, we're probably the, the issue of hate. Mm. And I think that because of where it has now landed us as a, as a country and um, how it impacts the world, it is that the issues in Nigeria, there's so many other things going on. And it's just a hate issue at the bottom of it. There's a hate problem. Um, fear, if I had to have a B, would be another one because they're all kind of coinciding with the whole reason why we are where we are now. And such something so simple as love being able to cure that um, I would probably get away, get rid of the hate idea. You took my follow-up question because my follow-up question was, do you believe that a lot of the hate is derived from fear? So you Absolutely. actually went there. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So then how do we combat that? How do we begin to combat that? It, well, we're, we're, it's, it's a lot of that's happening now. So it's, it's happening in, in an uh, alternate situation. So it's happening from the opposite end where we're, we're, we would love to have just open table, invitations to the tables to be able to have the dialogue, to be able to do the things and to in impact the change that needs to happen. Um, we're having those conversations, but we're doing them a lot more abruptly these days. Right, right. Um, we're saying the same things, but the way it's being perceived as if it's irate. But no, we've been saying this for a while, but nobody wants to listen until we've, we, we've, we've had that last tick and now we're at boom. Absolutely. So I think that, you know, trying to find ways to have the conversation, um, even John Lewis said, find the good trouble, like finding mm -hmm. ways to make your voice known, voting, um, showing up at the uh, at the debates, showing up at the places, even in our communities where our leaders that are running our communities, not our country. Right. are, But really where it sits home with us, if we would actually be in those environments, then we could see things move a probably progressive across the board and i like what you hit right there because you you this election time this will air after the election but mm -hmm. sometimes we can be so caught up in what's going on around the country what's mm -hmm. going on globally that we forget those things begin in the community mm -hmm. so it's very important that we become active and informed within our community so absolutely 
I mean, that's exactly where your impact is going to be greatest. It's in your community, knowing who your legislators are, knowing who your uh, governor governors are, knowing those things, finding out what they believe, finding out what they're trying to do. Um, without knowing that you're you're we are we voted in by this time a president and we're looking for them to make the changes in our communities. And that's not what they're supposed to be doing. Um, so it's very important that we get involved in our local communities and be aware of what's happening. And that's how we we start this fight. Awesome. Awesome. Now, we're going to get into the conversation of the power of the now living in the now being centered in the now, all of that great stuff. But before we do that, I want to give Antoine an opportunity to give us a little backstory of himself. You can go as far back as you want to, all the way up to up until today. We're not going to go back that far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, my name is Antoine Wallace, and um, well, I'm, I am, I tell everybody, I'm me. A lot of people call me a lot of things. Like I'm called dad, I'm called brother, I'm called friend, I'm called son, I'm called pastor, I'm called prophet, I'm called apostle. But what I believe about in in every um, view of that, I believe I get to be Antoine in every place that I'm called something different. Um, I, I say that because the relationships that I have with the people who are calling me the different things are different. Mm -hmm. And so I respond as Antoine, but to a myriad of titles like a, a whole lot of things that I'm called. So I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a light worker. I'm a spirit being. I'm, I am all the things like I'm, I'm just, I'm me. I have always been an off the wall thinker and I've always thought about things differently. I've had, you know, family members tell me that something was wrong with me and, you know, and it's all been a part of refining and defining who I've become. So everything that, you see as a collaboration of many experiences, many lessons. Um, and I'm sure we'll go and you'll see that as we discuss further. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, there's two things you said that I want to discuss. You were talking about the titles that people call you. You said, mm -hmm. but to me, I'm Antoine. Mm -hmm. How do you get to a space like that? Because I know a lot of people that are searching for identity or if you ask them who they are, they're going to give you a title. Mm -hmm. They haven't gotten to the space in life where they can give you their name and express that. How did you get there? Well, <laughs> I had to um, really, I have never really been a person for titles. Mm -hmm. I've never really bought into the idea that a title validates this gift as me. Mm -hmm. um, because we see as this evolution happens, you go from in churches with ministers. You're a minister in training, and then you're a minister, and then you're an elder in training, and then you're an elder, and then you are, you go off and you're a pastor, and now you're an apostle. But if God knew the end from the beginning, wasn't I a bishop when I was at MIT? Now, see, now you're talking something they don't want to talk about. Keep going. So my thing is I've never been, uh, I've never been one to, and I'm not devaluing the titles. Um, by any means, because I know that there are orders and protocols and things that are, that's the business of most, um, organizations, but I just never got caught up in it. I, I've always wanted to be Antoine. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything else is, is secondary as a subsidiary to being Antoine. Antoine can pray. Antoine can be, can give you a word. Antoine can see. Antoine can hear. Antoine, 
Antoine is a nurturer. Antoine is a, a listener. Like there's so many things. And I got there, um, even in my journey into becoming completely comfortable and just saying that, um, I had to look at how we view God. Mm. We do and have to change my God concept in order to change my Antoine concept. Okay. Um, I, I say this all the time, explain it to my, even my mom. Um, God is a name we gave it. Mm-hmm to describe or try to name the unnameable. And so we've tried to find something to categorize something so massive. Mm -hmm. The only name that we actually have recorded is I am. Mm -hmm. Everything else was us. Mm -hmm. And I think that in in terms of, and so as it pertains to God and how I now see God, um, or what we call God, spirit, universe, divine mind, all of these things. I don't feel like God has an issue. I'm going to use the word God because that's most appropriate. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that God, that name is offensive to people. Right. Right. Because it's been used to hurt yes. and used to abuse. And so I tell people if it's the same thing, find a name that works for you. Absolutely. Find a name that works for you. If I'm your uncle, Call me uncle. If I'm your brother, that's a name that works for you. People who are even not even my blood relation call me uncles and brothers. And that that's because they chose to call me that. That's how they view me in our relationship. That's fine with me. I believe that the spirit of spirit says the same thing. It doesn't matter what you call me. It's based upon my relationship with you. That's the key. I'm in, I, if you want to call me source, then call me source. I'm still in relationship with you. If you want to call me universe, call me universe. I'm not offended. You call me God. (laughs) I haven't been offended yet. And so I I believe that even in that settling, it's still, it's how I now view myself. I am a lot of things to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but I am always me. Okay. So now let's, let's talk about this, this God consciousness that you, that you've evolved to. Mm -hmm. How did you even, where did the desire to pursue that come from? And then when you got that desire to pursue it, how, what type of, you know, experience did you go through? Because I'm sure that a lot of people (laughs) were like, what? Yeah. Like I said earlier, I've always been an off the wall thinker. I used to ask, um, and I use this example, um, with my grandmother, my grandmother raised me and I was always the awkward child. Like I was, I started singing early and I was always involved in church. Um, and I would always spend a lot of time in nature. I was always outside in the woods and all that good stuff. And my, and I would always, I could always in, intuitive, empathic. I was prophetic, whatever. I was having dreams. And of course you, you pull those into a church sector mm-hmm. because that's where we're hearing about it more. Right. That's where my atmosphere was. So, you know, they say you dreaming, you did your Joseph, that we'll pull Joseph <laughs> on you and we'll put you into a Joseph class really? if you are Absolutely. a dreamer, you know? And, and so I went, you know, as I'm taught because that's the domestication. That's the environment that I'm in. Um, and then I began to ask questions that they were not answering for me. Mm. And so I, my grandmother, well, God gave you five senses. Well, what happens when those senses are not enough? Mm. There's got to be more. There's got to be something that supersedes that. And what is that? When speaking in tongues, I was raised missionary Baptist. So speaking in tongues wasn't popular. We crawled around on the ground and hanging from chandeliers and we caught the spirit. So speaking in tongues, what are you doing? That's the charismatics. That's the church of God in Christ, the Pentecostalism. And I was always kind of like a hybrid. 
I was probably one of the first persons to start dancing at my missionary Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started, when I started speaking in tongues, my grandmother doesn't know this. Um, but I was sitting at her dining room table in her kitchen. I wasn't in no Terrian service that I wanted it. So I just gave myself over to it. And there we, there we go. Um, and I would do it in her house <laughs> and she would walk by. I would leave my door open and it was kind of like, and it was bad. Cause I used to use it as a weapon. Like I knew she didn't <laughs> like it. So when she made me mad, I just go in my room and eat by my shia. And I, my bedroom was right beside her. So she walk out and be mad and turn her nose up. It would tickle me, but it was just, you know, they taught me righteous vindignation, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so she told me something was wrong with my prayer life. And I told her, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was young. My grandmother smoked, smoked most of all of my life. Um, and she died of lung cancer in 2004. And I kept telling her as a child, grandma, you got to stop smoking. I keep seeing your lungs black. Mm-hmm. I'm a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I see these things on your lungs, grandma. You got to quit smoking. There's like these things. And she was like, give me my cigarettes. You know, I would hide them in the freezer and, and I'd hide them. I was like, oh, where am I? Put them anywhere, just anywhere. And I, we would fight back and forth. And then she was diagnosed with lung cancer and they couldn't operate on her because she had satellite tumors mm, on her lungs. You saw. And I was like, this is really weird. So, but I was an adult then. I was probably like 21, 22 years old then when my grandmother passed. Um, but, I would tell her these things as a child because I was always that one. Like mm-hmm. something's wrong. I would hear things even in jobs and school. I was over the gospel choir. And it's like, you know, I already know that was a prayer meeting. Right. You know, the <laughs> people looked at me. We would be praying by the vending machines on our way to class. You know, it was just that was a part of my culture and my life. But I always thought that there was something more. But in these environments, you don't become more unless they allow you to be more. Unless they allow you to be more. And so you bounce between ministries and there's no fault of the person that's doing it. It's just that we have taught that that validation comes from me and not within. And so we're seeking the validation and it's not the person's fault. I'm not, we're not supposed to be talking about it. You're good, Flo. <laughs> we're good seeking flow. the validation because we're taught to find it. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, it's, it's misplaced because now you've taught me that it's in you. But when it's we look within, it's like, no, I never needed you to tell me that I am this thing, that I am this gift, that I am this healer, that I am this light. I am this. I am love. That's foreign to people to accept the fact that you actually are love and you get to show up every time and every experience as unconditional love. Who says that? Right. No one's saying that because we're teaching you that you have to you are only as high as we can tell you you are. And so we we perpetuate this over and over and over again. And I told God, I don't want to be like them. Mm-hmm. When I preached my first sermon, I had an afro this big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't wear a suit. I wore a vest, tie, and some pants because I did not want to do it the way I had always seen it done. And I mean, all, every, every good preacher I knew wore a suit, had a clean fade, and they had... Uh, it was a certain aesthetic about every one of them and it was consistent. There was no diversity. It made God look the same. And so I'm sitting here like, I don't want to be that. You're not going to put me through this experience or I'm not going to. Now I know I'm co-creating this experience with you for it to come out looking like everything I've seen. That then, why don't we have more duplications and what's the point of having originals? Right. It makes you look like you are, you've run out of ideas. 
But you are the divine mind. You didn't run out of ideas. This can be packaged in anything. And I can be me doing the same thing. Absolutely. When I learned it and let all that go, this is how I got here. I don't need it. I didn't, I didn't, I knew that ministry for me would be different. I knew it would look different. I didn't know that it would be so broad and open. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was pastoring the church and word and power is the name of the church I've pastored here, the people are still around. <laughs> They're still around. Um, God kept telling me, stop trying to make this another black church. Uh, and I was like, well, that's all I know. And then the next thing was, well, forget what you know. And so I sat down <laughs> and I began to study other, other texts, other readings. And it oh. wasn't necessarily to discredit my belief in Christianity or uh, anything like that. But it also it opened up my eyes to you all are saying the same things that we're saying. Now, I believe that you're looking at it from a, a, a perspective or a being or an image that is uh, more comfortable with where you are. Mm-hmm. But the underneath it, it says the same thing. Right. Why is it? It's, it's, it's such so dividing. And then we take this. We are the supreme. Yeah. <laughs> we are. That's what we're we are. The it. Yeah, about. we are the it. And all these other. If you don't do this, you let me. What was another task for me? I don't know what we're doing this. What was another mm-hmm. task for me was to disassociate Jesus as God Mm -hmm. and then see him as Jesus as God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are taught that so many of the things that Jesus did is as God in the scriptures, Mm -hmm. but Jesus did it as a carpenter who had a a consciousness and awakening and a knowing about who God actually is and aligned himself with what the spirit was doing. Mm -hmm. And then he operated as what I now call God in drag. He was, he became God like and like operated that. in the earth mm-hmm. as God. I am the father I want. Mm-hmm. I only do what my, see my father doing. There was a, there was a connection that made him God, but he had to get to a place where he saw himself as the, as, as this power. Mm-hmm. No one else had seen it. So now he's a marvel. And the point of it all was to get you to realize that you can do this too. I'm trying to get you into this nature, this consciousness, this Jesus nature. So I view Christianity different. I view it as the nature of Christ, the mind of Christ, the thing that, what did Christ do to become this power? Mm-hmm. We don't see that. We don't know whether or not he read Socrates or Plato. We don't yeah. know. We don't know. Uh, if he spent time just meditating in, in Buddhist camps, we don't know. Right. But we know he was all encompassed, mm-hmm. fully aware. And that's the part, that's, that's the growth in, of Christianity for me, mm-hmm. being fully aware of who I am as this, this being that God created for this experience. Awesome. Now, how do you take all that you've embodied now? And present it to those that, that you're called to. Easy. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Antoine. That's it. Because it's now me. I show up as all of these things. You know, Maya Angelou said, I, I stand as one, but I come as 10,000. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much more than just what you are physically seeing that is supporting me, mm-hmm. that is guarding me, 
that is uh, um, probably guiding me into certain environments and areas to things to make sure things are taking place in the earth. And so I get to become, I get to show up as that any place I go, even especially when um, being a little different um, in my concept of God than most people understand. Um, I'm invited to places where the concept is still where I've evolved from. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's always a, all right, God, I'm not going to become who I was just to appease somebody else. I get to be who I am now and it's just going to have to work. Mm -hmm. I went to one place and I, you know, very strange. And I'm like, I am very much so toiling because now it's the first time I'm speaking in a Pentecostal environment. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I don't do it a lot. I don't do that anymore. It's just, it's not the whole totality of who I am. It's a part of me, but now it doesn't serve me, but I get it. Mm -hmm. And so I can go in the environments and still have the intensity of those moments, but do it in my way. Right. Right. So, you know, just like you walk into a church and they praise the Lord, everybody. I don't do that because I want to open your eyes to something different. I told them, I said, Namaskar, everybody. Mm -hmm. Will you say Namaskar? And they repeated after me. And I said, now let me tell you what you've said. Namaskar is a Hindu greeting that says, I salute the divinity in you. In you. Now, I told them to say it again because now I'm in a teaching moment, but you can still feel that I got something to say. You know, mm -hmm. I look young. I'm not as young as I look. And so all of them are like, who is this little man up here? <laughs> Trying to tell us. You're right. <laughs> so it's always entertaining. But I'm like, let me, if you will allow me, I'll tell you some things that you probably haven't heard of. And I'm not, I'm okay with you not taking all of it. If right. all of it doesn't work for you, fine. Discard it. Take what you need. That's what we do everywhere else. Right. We take what we need and we discard the rest because we do, we use what's going to be, you're not going to, we eat and we, we've been taught this too, that, you know, you don't give them candy because they ask for it. You give them vegetables because they need it. Yes. But the vegetables you're getting me are not ripe. They're not in season. The vegetables you're giving me have de deficiencies to it. And they, you call it a, it's a vegetable, but it's, there's some pruning that needs to be done. There's some, maybe some new fertilizer you might want to, Consider because now I can't use that and the, the nutritional value you think I need from it, I'm no longer getting. Mm -hmm. We need to uproot this garden and start over. You can give me vegetables, but we're going to do it in a new place. Absolutely. Fine. Um, so I'm just, I always want to show up as me. And I go as me. And it's it hasn't been an issue. Um, it actually allows me to connect more. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm real big on connecting because I'm a nature person, but and I'm always trying to connect. I connect with the dog, the trees, the, mm -hmm. because there's life in everything. In everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm open to I'm, conversations with people I don't know have not been as tasking mm -hmm. now that I'm so open to looking into the eyes of everybody that God loves. And you won't ever look into the eyes of someone that God does not love. Right. Absolutely. And so it takes a lot of the, the stuff off. This is what mm -hmm. we're talking about at the beginning, the mm -hmm. button I would yeah. do. It takes mm -hmm. all the prejudices, the, mm -hmm. the conceptions in my mind and the things that I see of you. I don't know you. I only have my ideas of you. Mm -hmm. I don't know you. And it's equivalent to going out there and looking at that tree. We don't know the tree. We just know that the tree is green. We know the tree is there. Mm 
most of us haven't even looked at it. You know, right. we don't even know that it has these things in the roots or how the branches look and how the leaves are turning and what that does. I was talking to my daughter earlier today um, because I have plants around the house and I talk to them. They think I'm crazy. Um, but I go up to my plant and I'm like, look at you. You're growing really nice. You like your new pot. You like your new home. And they continue to flourish. Right. right. And I use it because she was on the phone with her friends. I use it as a teaching moment for everybody. If you give yourself the proper attention and love that you need, you'll grow too. You know, there's, there's always the moments and you'll find it in everything. I'm talking to the plant and the plant is responding. Absolutely. I'm caring and watering the plant and the plant is responding. I'm changing the soil and putting it in new environments and the plant is responding. Guess what will happen to us? Mm. This is the gospel I preach now. Mm. Like I want you because religion has done its job in teaching us what to think. Right. Spirituality teaches you how. how. Use yeah. your mind. Seek your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. You did not lose your mind when you gave the man your hand and guard your heart. Your mind is still there. Absolutely. And you got to take your mind with you because they'll tell you what is. And if you ain't rubbing in your spirit enough, God telling you this ain't it. It doesn't have to be some knock over the head. You know how you feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how you feel. This is not, this ain't those moments. Absolutely. Not anymore. Not in, not in 2020 where it continues to show you. You don't have the, you don't have time to wait for anything. No. No. Not anymore. (laughs) Not Not anymore. Not at all. And I love this. I love this because this, this may have not been where we were going to go, but this is definitely where we needed to go. Because there are a lot of people that are out there that are in the same space that you were once in. Mm-hmm. And they're having some of those thoughts. They're having some of those, it's got to be more mm-hmm. than this. Mm-hmm. It has to be more than this. So my prayer is that they can hear this and understand, yes, there is more. And it's okay for you to step mm-hmm. out. Don't worry about what people think, what people other, what their belief system is. You have to begin to work that thing out for yourself, mm-hmm. work that thing out for yourself. And I even like how you said you can go back into those uh, familiar mm-hmm. spaces, but you go back as yourself, mm-hmm. as yourself. And I think that the more that we become more aware of ourselves, we do become more aware of creation. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you were talking about talking to plants, I was laughing because I do the same thing. Because <laughs> I ground in everything. Mm-hmm. I do ground in mm-hmm. everything. So... And a lot of people think that's weird. They're like, oh, no, no, no. You into witchcraft. You into witchcraft. Let's have that conversation. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are some that feel like mm-hmm. the prophet is now a witch. Mm-hmm. So how did you, uh, within yourself, begin that journey to understand, nah, that's not what this is? That this is not witchcraft? Mm-hmm. Um, The more I... So on my journey to to here, uh, I started reading a book by E. H. Emily Cady mm-hmm. um, called Lessons in Truth. And the invitation to the book says that she invites you to let go of what you know. Mm-hmm. Listen to what she has to say. And then if it doesn't work for you, pick up what you know and continue on. Right. It's as simple as that. I am not in the in the position, and I think a lot of um, of our pastoral 
our clergymen and women kind of have this idea that I am a, I am God's voice, true, but that voice just doesn't only reside in me. And so if I make my voice that supreme voice, you'll never hear God's voice on the inside of you. And so I had to release myself from the knowing that all the words that I've had and all the prophecies that I've gone and, and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm a prophet too. I wrote a book on it. You know, don't get me wrong, but I had to reevaluate how I see it. It's the same thing Mm -hmm. in every other space. It's the same thing. We in church just call it prophecy. Mm -hmm. And so once I started to uh, let go of a lot of the things that I've, I've, I was taught, um, a lot of the ways that I've made, I had to reconcile a lot of things within myself and I could be this hybrid me um, and be comfortable in this life and choosing how I live it, what I want to do. I get to decide and co-create this experience with God. And it doesn't require any uh, permission from anyone else. No one has. And my best friend said this all the time. She's like, no one has autonomy over me. <laughs> like, I belong to me. And once I realized that, everything else began to unfold. I got began to see God as God. Once me as God reveals itself to me, however God reveals itself to me, I tell. Um, sometimes I get a little side eyed. Sometimes when I call God She, mm-hmm. um, and I do that often, and I do it intentionally mm-hmm. because I've only known God as a male figure. Right. Uh, I've, I've known God as he, 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 he. And that was to rule. That was to make one of us Absolutely. more supreme than the other. Because if that's the case, then because then I'm the man, I'm the da 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 But God, God is spirit. Spirit mm-hmm. is energy. Mm-hmm. And it cannot be created or destroyed. Right. So it doesn't have a sex. Absolutely. Now, what I appreciate about scripture is it also refers to God as she. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> when we read in Proverbs and it says, talks about wisdom, wisdom. and how she is in the streets mm-hmm. and we believe God to be the, the divine mind. He is divine intelligence. Who are we talking about? <laughs> I also uh, appreciate how it's depicted in the shack. Have you seen the shack? Mm-mm. Got to see the shack. Shack, uh, Octavia Spencer is in it. Um, it's about a family. They lose one of their daughters, their youngest daughter, and the reconciliation that the father has with God mm-hmm. about having to be uh, to lay his daughter to rest. There's nobody. Oh, wow. They couldn't find her. There's nobody. So they had. He, he's having all of these issues, and he was never the same. He went back to the place where um, he lost her, and there was this shack there. And that's where he had an encounter with God. There are some twists and turns. I won't tell you about God, those. Yeah, don't tell me. But Octavia Spencer plays God. Okay. A black woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. And she introduces herself as God, as we know, the triune God. There's mm-hmm. three of them. There's this Indian guy who plays Jesus. And then there's this Asian lady who plays the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And they all do something different, but they're all doing the same, same thing. thing. And so there, and when, uh, and depending on how, um, the, the man needed God to show up, that's how God appeared. Of course, you looking at a black woman and she's calling herself God and you're looking like, what is going on? And God looks at her and says, this is how you needed me to show up. Right. 
for you. When they in and what's happening is happening in his mind, but there's a part where they find the girl's body, mm-hmm. and God now shows up as like an Indian chief, oh, wow. and helps her, him to bury her. Like it's it's how we perceive God shows up in all different types of ways, Absolutely. and in the way that we need God to show up in that time. But if we're conscious of the fact that God did that for me, God showed up for me like this. There's no gender. There's no, they're like we, we talked about in scripture, there's no gender, there's no Greek, there's no Jew. It's just spirit. And people call it different things. It's all the same thing. And so we, I get tickled when I hear people so adamant about their thing. Like, yeah. this is my word and it would only be the word. I, it could be the only word you use, but it doesn't mean it doesn't, it's not describe something else. Absolutely. You know, we could describe so many different things in so many of the words. To all mean the same thing. Absolutely. It's okay. Like it's, it's quite all right. God shows up as God will. If, and there are times when God will show up through my dog. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the best of moods and she'll come up and lay her head on me. Mm-hmm. That is expressions of love. That's reminders. That's a knowing. How do you know I'm not in a good mood? Right. You have to be aware of all the ways God's moving. Absolutely. And y'all know on this platform, I'm big on diversity. I'm big on diversity because mm-hmm. I believe that we all can learn from each other. When we are open to diversity, it limits our ability to learn. So that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation too. But you said something I want to go back to because you said it a couple of times and I want, wanted to have a conversation about that as well. You said, I now co-create mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about that. What does co-creation look like versus waiting on God to do it? (laughs) Mm. Let's start with the waiting on God to do it part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's start with the waiting on God to do that part. And I think um, it's become a church cliche to wait on God. Um, and it's always funny to me because we have these moments where we're saying it's it's in him that I live. It's in him that I move. It's in him that I have my being. I am nothing without God. What does that really mean at the root of that, though? That you are so intertwined with God that you are moving as God. When um waiting on God... When we are praying and believing for people who are sick in hospitals and we're praying for God to move and to heal, what we are actually doing, saying is God move in as and through the doctor, Mm -hmm. move in as and through the surgeon, give supernatural wisdom, the thing that you are Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the person that's involved. And move through that person. Because that's how God moves. Through us. Mm -hmm. So while we're waiting for God (laughs) to do anything, we're stifling the hand of God because we're we're not moving. We're not sitting. We're not being creative enough to sit in the places where solutions can be downloaded into us, where things can, can, can take motion because... You are cooperating with the spirit of God. And I think that's what I mean by Mm -hmm. co-creating. 
but it's, it's, it's a hustle nation. We are, everybody's in a hustle. Everybody's got the, well, we got to have hustle. We got to have four or five jobs. And I am one of those people that have four or five things I can do. <laughs> you know, I, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Listen, you can't have just one gig. It's not, it's not possible. And we are in a, we are in a space where that says you might want to have two or three because we don't know what's going to happen. You might want to start making them cakes now, right. you know, Absolutely. and you might want to start selling those chicken dinners mm-hmm. because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And all the creativity that we have is already in us. It's there. It is there. So once we tap into that, we are now being the thing God created mm-hmm. and it, it can work out as because we, we are in that vibration that I am this thing. This thing is moving. This is where I put my mind to. This is where my intentions are. The scripture says all things work together for the good of those who love him and are the call according to its purpose. That's what Paul wrote. What that work together means, it says it's conspiring together. Mm-hmm. And I like to say it's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. All the things that are working are happening for my good and it has to attract to me what I'm already doing. Right. What we re- don't realize is that we're already attracting mm-hmm. based upon what we're thinking about, who we believe we are, what we are saying about ourselves. How how unkind we can be to ourselves mm. without honoring ourselves in any environment, whether that be church, work, relationships. We have to honor ourselves mm-hmm. in every decision we make. It has to honor me. I have to b- make sure that whatever I decide. We talked about this last night. I was at a friend's gathering and the statement was made. um, I don't cheat in relationships because I don't want to be cheated on. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was like, well, I think that's good enough. And that was a good reason. And, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And of course, me being I me, mean, you had to say something, right? I was like, well, underneath all of that, you want to choose, make decisions that honor you. Mm-hmm. Maybe cheating doesn't honor you. Mm-hmm. But we've allowed cheating to have this connotation because of the traditional ways we view relationships. But they're not the biblical ways relationships were done. But uh-oh. nobody wants uh-oh. to have uh-oh. that uh-oh. conversation. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. And so, if that's what honors you and that's what you want, then no, you're going to make decisions that honor that decision. That's your intent. That's fine. That's you. Mm-hmm. Now, the chore comes in is finding someone to match that vibration. Right. Because you may match somebody who was okay with cheating. Who's okay with polyamorous relationships? Who doesn't feel an issue with that? And we judge them because of our traditional ways of viewing certain things. And we just don't say, well, that doesn't work for me. And allow them to go and find what does. But no, we have ridiculed them. We've chastised them. We rebuke them because you're not right. You're doing this. No, I am living in what I believe is is right for me. And who are ye (laughs) to say otherwise? That's their experience. Right. What we also have issues doing is allowing people to make decisions for themselves yes. and being okay with those decisions, regardless if they benefit me or not. Mm-hmm. I have been dating and, and they decided to do something else. Everything was going fine, mm-hmm. but they made another decision and I have to honor that mm-hmm. because that's their experience. Mm-hmm. Fine. What we deal, I deal with my emotional attachments to that. So now I deal with all that stuff, but I have to release you because love is never a cage. Go tell somebody that's that. That's it. That's it. Love is never a cage. And that. if I am love and I'm showing up as love, my love should free you. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Do right. what you will. But I'm still vibrating what I want. Right, right. 
I, it may not be in you because that may be somebody better than you. Like you see, now you're going somewhere. That's that's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. But I we but this is how we confine ourselves. I, I don't know where how we got it all the way over here. Good, go. But <laughs> but this is how we confine ourselves. We're taught certain things, and so then we when we're looking at all the things that are happening, it has to conspire together. So no, we're not waiting. Um, but God, God is waiting on us to move. It wasn't until we make the decision to do anything that everything else can start happening. I used to tell my mom all the time and she, before she started her business and let her job go and she's now working for herself. I said, mama, you have to get into the mindset of what's already occurring. What I've studied and I, li- I read a lot of Abraham Hicks and uh, Eric Butterworth and all the people because I am enjoying this thought of God. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying, you know, that where it's leading me to the absolute truth. Everything is. Mm-hmm. Whatever people are believing, whatever's happening, everything is leading them to the op- the absolute truth, which is why I think there are no wrong ways to God. You're going you're gonna to run right run into run. it. You're probably see. looking at him. If you see. look in the mirror, you probably see it. See. Uh, or her. I'll go there. And we are taught that mm-hmm. um, even in our churches, that love is trapping. Mm-hmm. Love is a collar. Mm-hmm. Love is a vestment. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That love is a giving. Mm-hmm. You know, and we I don't I'm not against giving, but your my giving should be in the flow of where I feel comfortable. Had a com another conversation. We'll go this way. Had another conversation with someone, and because I teach on Wednesday nights, um, and I put my cash app up there because and because I say <laughs> I've had two different conversations about this. Both important. Uh, one of them says, it says, give what feels good. I got that from Celebration Spiritual Center in Brooklyn, New York. I am a fan of Pastor Greg Stamper and Yolanda, Pastor Yolanda Betts. Those are my, they don't, I've never met them. Those are my babies. I, st- I, I appreciate their, their impartation. Um, and, j- and they know who I am and they're really sweet, really sweet people. Um, but they say all the time, give what feels good. Mm-hmm. Because one, we want to talk about how we should be cheerful in giving, right. but then we challenge people to give where it stresses them out. Yep. And we challenge them to give. We tell them that the scripture says, oh, we don't give out of necessity, mm-hmm. but then we insert necessity. Yep. Them <laughs> pressures right on them. And then I was even told to challenge the people to give. Mm-hmm. I should not have to. I should only invite you to join in what I'm already doing. Right. I am in a vibration of giving. It's a currency for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for ways and I'm listening to spirit when spirit says, do this, give that, go here, because I already know I'm not losing anything. Mm-hmm. I am the uh, the statement I heard um, Bishop Jake says before, if he can get it to me, he can get it through me. Right. I, it don't have to stay here. But what I will do is continue to receive it. Absolutely. Now that changes in our minds um, because we, we are so busy dealing with the influence of what money does. Um, and I did a study with Pastor Greg and Pastor Yolanda not that long ago on spiritual economics, which changes the mindset of how we do money. We look at uh, influence. We see the influence that money has. Mm-hmm. Oprah has no problem <laughs> walking mm-hmm. into anywhere <laughs> because Oprah's name precedes her. When I right. said it, you knew exactly who I was talking about. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. For all intents and purposes, Donald Trump has no issue going anywhere because when he walks in the room, you going to know who he is. Right. Absolutely. Take it how you want. Right. <laughs> and so that's that's the influence. Mm-hmm. But what we are not taught is to have affluence. 
And that affluence is the consciousness that attracts the things that I'm already looking for. And if we get so busy in the affluence and not allowing influences to, because they can do a lot of things, but they don't have a lot. I'm not saying Oprah don't have affluence and not the other thing, but we're not taught that it's the consciousness and not the things. It's the mindset about the things that attracts more of the things. So I sit around here and be like, I don't have to worry about nothing. I have, I live in substance like a fish lives in water. If I got to go open up, a, and it's a play on words, but the scripture, you, we know we use it verbatim or literally. We take the scriptures way too literally. <laughs> but um, there's a scripture that said Jesus told him to go open up the mouth of a fish. Now, it's a saying, mm-hmm. but I believe if I go open up Taylor's mouth, my dog, I should be able, if the Lord told me to do it, I'm going to do it. That's how I believe. Like, it's whatever. But I'm in the flow. It says I'm not going to stop what you're doing, even if I don't understand it. I do not have to understand this journey. I have to be in it and be present with it and allow you to be God. And I have to flow with it. I put on Facebook not that long ago. We don't really appreciate what is called our lives because I think this is called what now. now. Mm -hmm. And I'm teaching on the power of now. And because um, we are so busy living in two different paradigms, we're here, but our minds are in the past. Or are, and what that means is there's some trauma, there's some suffering that has taken place, um, that we are, that we're still trying to deal with, that we're still trying to comprehend, that's still trying to heal. The triggers keep reminding us and we keep putting the triggers because we think now it's you doing it. Right, right. And not realizing that that's the spirit's way, yep. the universe's way to say, hey, we got something to deal with. Yes. Um, everywhere we go, there's a reflection. Mm-hmm. You are a reflection of what I, of who I am. And you're going to teach me what I need to heal if I am aware of that there's a lesson here. Um, I don't just come into contact with people for, for, for any particular reason. I know the spirit is divinely orchestrating my connection. I've known this man probably well over six years, and this is the first time we've sat in the same room. Absolutely. (laughs) The first time we've sat in the same room. And it hasn't felt like I just met you. Mm Mm-mm. Not at all. Because that's how spirit connects us. And then there's lessons that we we off of each other. Like you're teaching me things. Your iron still sharpens iron when you are aware of what is happening. And so I don't really get bothered in my connections with people because I know that all these things are going to take place. Um, So we are living in the past and I'm allowing my my issues of yesterday to impact what's happening right now. I am, I, what I've learned, what I had to learn in myself was that I was never present. I was not in this moment. And I used to tell people now, tomorrow is a mystery and yesterday is a history and today is a gift from God. That's why it's called the present. And it's true, but we don't, we, it's cute to say, but nobody realizes that they are not present until there's something like an, an emergency that happens or something that's really, really bad that snaps you into the moment. And that's usually when you go react, um, car accidents or something that happens with the child. You immediately react because you forget about yesterday and tomorrow. And the only thing that matters is happening right now. Right now. And if we live that way more often, it doesn't have to be the emergency. It could be the intention. I intend to live in this moment. It's gotten so bad that I can't even plan Thanksgiving. It's gotten so bad that it's just too far for me to think about. Right. I I only want to be right now. I I started this journey probably a year and a half ago in the book, reading it myself. This Mm -hmm. was just for me. Mm -hmm. 
um, and learn that I've, I have misled my ex-spouse. I have told all these people that I am here now and that I am present and I am doing all these things. And I have realized that I was in pain from yesterday. I was in suffering. I was in, in the, in the future. And that future lends to this future salvation, this hope that tomorrow's going to be better, better, or this fear that it when tomorrow gets here, it's going to be worse. How do I know that? Right. I'm not there. All I have now are memory traces. It is, I learned the lessons from the things I've been in and I've had to, what has caused me to be here is to accept everything as it is. I'm not trying to change anything or anybody. Mm-hmm. Even when preaching, I, my job is to tell you what I feel spirit is saying. Right. I'm not here to change you. Right. It could be the difference between the altar and a memorial. They're two different things. And they do two separately different things. It's all about your perspective of the same thing. Of the same thing. It was a conversation I had with Apostle Triplett and uh, Pastor uh, Lawrence. I read this this message, this meme that says, I am not the sacrifice. I am the altar. Mm-hmm. And that sent me back to the books. Right. Because I'm sitting here like, it's the same thing. We could look at... Um, we look at uh, um, Abraham on the way up the mountain, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the ram in the bush story. Y'all know it. What, and he's he turned that into a memorial that says Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. But it could be a place worth sacrifice. Because yep. he did slay the, the ram, yep. but he was intending to slay his son. Because that's what he believed God told him. <laughs> that's what he believed God told him. And when he got up there, found that there was something already provided. <laughs> and so he named it something. Now, he could have been stuck there right. with, that's the only time God did it. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the memorial that says, he's done it. He, he's, that's what he'll do. Right. He will provide. He still is a shepherd. You know, those, those present tense things that affirm what we believe about him. And so that brings you into this now, like you have to be so into your now moments that you're not worried about what's happening tomorrow. You're only here. I'm not looking for some future heaven. Heaven is because heaven is right here and right now because I've accepted what is. Mm -hmm. I've accepted how my life has gone. I've accepted the bankruptcies. I've accepted the loss of the church. I've accepted the loss, the the fail of uh, the ending of a marriage because I don't like to say that my marriage failed. I like to say that it ended. Okay. Because that's what happened. It didn't fail. It was what it was. Mm-hmm. I have learned the lessons and now I am more aware of what I want. I'm right. closer to that. Mm-hmm. It's about perspective. I can look at it from the other side and say that was a place of sacrifice. <laughs> right. I feel you. Or it can be a memorial to say it happened. Mm-hmm. And now I'm learning this and I know this. Yeah, that he was on his way to kill his son, but there was a ram and he found out that God will provide. So now he's left with this knowing that God provides. Now I'm left with the knowing that I have, I've learned this. I know what I want. I'm closer to that than I was before because I've accepted it as it is now. I'm okay. And I accept it as if I chose it. Now walk yourself down your mind and find the things that you looked at and you thought was so bad. But what if it's the idea that you pick each and every situation to prepare to get you to where you are right now? And then when you access that you, everything is as it is and is as it should be and it's well, you'll see out farther than where you are now and you get to go where you want to go. You get to decide. Mm-hmm. You're not driven by pain, fear, abandonment, loss. 
You're not hoping for something to happen to change your entire world tomorrow. No, there's grace right here, right now. There's peace right here, right now. That salvation you're waiting for to happen is right here, right now. God is here right now. Absolutely. Not into yesterday, not in tomorrow. God is right here. And that's that's how you know that you are in that moment now when you realize that even Jesus, even God said in scripture, Isaiah 26, I believe, forget ye the former thing and remember not the days of old. Behold, I do a new thing and now it springs forward. You're going to see it, but the goal, the key is to be present with God in the now. Because that's the only place where you are and wherever you are, that's where God is. So if if I'm here now, then guess what? God is here now and everything is well. I have no worries right now. I'm not looking for anything miraculous to happen right now. The miracle is nothing is happening right now. I thought I would have four or five people just to tell God thank you. <laughs> and what I love about this, though, what I love about this paradigm shift that you've experienced, mm -hmm. I, what I love about it is, to me, it shows how powerful and amazing God is. Mm -hmm. How powerful mm -hmm. and amazing he is and how powerful and amazing he wants to be in our lives when we just allow him to be as we allow ourselves to be. And not just as God is. In our lives, God wants to be it as our life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we we say it as we say this as spirit and truth that I am created by God, I am creative like God, and I am creating as a God. Yes. And we can look at the things that our God has stood back and just threw out into the world. What more can you do? Like that we're still waiting for you. Now, I, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me of a meme I saw the other day that said, I don't want a man that believes that, what was it, that he is a powerful man of God. I want a man that understands that he is a God. And I started a conversation with a young mm -hmm. man because I knew, I knew where his mindset was as it related to it. He was like, no, 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 no. I can't believe they were saying that. I was like, expand your mind. Expand, expand your, your mind. mind. Expand your mind. If, if, if the core of who we are is God. Listen to what they're saying. So I'm glad you had said that because it just reminded me of that very thing. And a lot of us don't realize that the reason why we're being fought so hard is because everybody else knows that. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not new business. This mm. is old business. This was, And even with like the idea of new thought. Um, ideas. I like to call them original intent. Mm -hmm. Like these are not new. Yep. These are all universal laws. Like mm -hmm. we are fighting to, 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 to change and do things that are already oh, set in place. We, there's nothing that we have to do to make these seasons change. It's just going to happen. happen. There's nothing. And I think I feel an amen right here. There's nothing that we have to do to cause our heart to beat. It's just happening. It's just happening. We're not having to regulate anything. I don't have to push something aside and mm -hmm. call something to work. No, mm -hmm. all I have to do is be grateful for the things that are already happening that don't need me. Mm -hmm. I have to get into agreement with the things that don't require me. That's Why? Right. Because that knowledge is a yoke and that yoke is easy. Man. And that is light. Man, man, I am man. flowing with God. I'm not standing in the way. I don't get gain anything but more hardship and delay than what I just agree. It, Messiah. You've seen the Messiah on mm -hmm. Netflix? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what I loved about Messiah. 
Um, because what I love about Messiah is it didn't matter where his belief got it. It 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 didn't matter where it took him. Mm-hmm. He believed God was doing it. Right. It didn't matter where if it landed him in jail. It is God. Mm-hmm. It is the will of God. That was such a release release to me. Now I never want the Lord to send me to the prison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do my part to stay out. You hear me? I'm gonna try my best not to even be in there. There shouldn't be a reason why I ever have to go. <laughs> But if, if I am believing God, I, and I believe this <laughs> uh, even uh, about Calvary and about mm-hmm. our ideas about the cross and that whole experience, I don't believe, and I was having this conversation the other day, I don't believe that Jesus necessarily knew that he was going to the cross. Mm. I believe. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> it's one of those situations like, if it don't work for you, it don't, it don't work, work for, you. for you. That's right. That's you right. Know, you ain't got to eat at my house. I don't want to fix you no plate. You know what I'm saying? That's less grocery and less dishes. Um, so I, I believe that Jesus found out about his walk to the cross at Gethsemane. Mm. I think he was so involved in doing and being God and showing the people yes, that like there's that. a connection here like and that. you can be this and you can experience this and you don't have to and you can be healed and you can stand up and walk. And I don't think he really did too much, but tell him, get up. You know, you have the power in yourself to do it. These Sadducees and Pharisees ain't the ones that tell you, you can get up. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Like these are the things that God, Jesus was doing in the earth to connect us to to have the power that we see implemented as God in in Jesus. And so I believe that when he got to Gethsemane, he found out and he got the downloads. Yeah, you about to get out of here (laughs) and it ain't going to be nice. And Lord, let this cup pass from me. Listen. But nevertheless, not my will. Let your will be done. Mm-hmm. And we know what how the story ended up. He ended up at the cross. I don't believe that while God, while Jesus was there, that He was thinking about me. How how could Jesus be thinking about me two thousand <laughs> plus years later? Like, does that make sense? Like, oh, I'm doing this from Antoine. That's that's how we were raised. That we were told to believe that, yeah. that we He had that. me. We wrote songs. He did not come down from the cross just to save himself. He decided to die to save me. No, I believe Jesus was so sold out to the will of his father. It didn't matter where it took him. The answer was still going to be yes. And I will do it. Now, I do believe this is where we can shop together. I do believe that even though I don't think God, Jesus was thinking about me, I do believe his sacrifice included me. That's it. Now, that like inclusion that. is what's ringing out 2,000 years later. That's good. That's good. Go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. That inclusion is ringing out 2,000 mm-hmm. years later. We are doing things today. Mm-hmm. We're doing things now. Mm-hmm. Right now. Right now. That we don't know what who will be impacted two thousand years later. Absolutely. All we're doing is saying yes to the now. That's it. And being and doing what's in the now. The outcome doesn't belong to us. We are trying to help and lead and inspire and encourage people and remind them of the truth of who they are and remind them of the power that is on the inside of them now, so that two thousand years ago, my child won't have to experience. My great, 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 great grandchildren down the road will never have to do this because they great, 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 great grandfather said yes to God. Mm. We are creating the environments now. We are the people that we looked up to. 
And we're not the people that we looked up to. We're in those positions, but we're not those people. people. We are who God has created and called us to be. And that's always evolving. It will always look different because we are always reinventing and recreating and getting to know something different and learning something. We're always evolving. It's a continuous course, but you have to be present with it. You have to be present. You got to be present with it. So now tell everybody about your uh, Bible study, where they can find your Bible study, how they can connect with you, all of those great things. I am Antoine Wallace on all social media platforms, and I will spell that because, you know, I'm one of those peculiar people. Uh, My name is spelled A-N-T-Y-O-N Wallace, W-A-L-L-A-C-E. I'm like that on Facebook, Instagram, and I, I, we do a series. We're in the middle of a series now called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It's a phenomenal read. We're slow walking it, but it has been very re- revolutionary um, to our mindset and, and keeping us focused on the peace that is happening right now um, that's in this moment. And so um, that happens every, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. We are on there for a midweek, um, an hour of midweek enlightenment. And we're calling it Wednesdays in the now um, because we want to talk and deal with things that are relevant, relevant to this walk as it relates to us right now. We use different texts. I took the whole Bible study idea out because I want to be able to pull from all kinds of walks. We all have things to share. And so I, I read the Bible as man's word about God. And I read someone, I read, uh, Eric Butterworth as his ideas about God. And I read uh, uh, Apostle Clifton Pettigen as he tells me about his ideas about God, because those are we're all sharing the testimonies about how we see it, what happened to us. And we get encouraged and uplifted and we get exposed and open to other things, other ideas that we wouldn't normally get. And if it resonates, let it sit. Let it marinate. Let it sit a while. Let that thing brew. Ain't nothing like a good slow crock pot soup that you know let sit. That thing gets good when you allow it to uh, to do what it's doing. The whole idea of Christ being the the altar, or you being the altar, not the sacrifice. What if that was what Christ did? What if he wasn't the sacrifice? What if he was the altar? What if he was the place where we go to sacrifice the things? Just what if? What if now? I am now the place where I have to come to, mm-hmm. to sacrifice things that no longer serve me. I am that place. I am the place where I go now. I am the altar, the presence of God. I am the altar. Mm. So I go to, I don't have to go to a, and I have altars. I have places where I've created, where I go, but I, I am the living presence of God. I am walking in this earth as God. I'm another expression of him. The diversity, the tapestry that makes him cre- phenomenal, mind blowing because we are no, we are not the same. Absolutely. We don't even do it the same way. Nope. And it's still good and it's still God. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm Antoine Wallace on all social media platforms. Wednesdays at eight, we spend about an hour kind of like this. I'm like this all the time, so it's not I'm going to get churchy and no, 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 no. What you see is what you get. I'm Antoine in all spaces. Whatever you want to call me, that's fine. But we have a good good time and we're all learning about being now. And I think we're a lot growing a lot more 
conscious of when we're not. And when you know that, when you know that you're not present, that is the moment you become present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, usually you've already taken my ending question because I always ask everybody, who is God to you? Well, you've taken that whole time and showed us who God is to you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave you an opportunity to leave our listening audience with the last words of, if they forget everything you said today, what is one thing you would want them to take away from this? The one thing I would want you to take away from anything that I've said today is throughout all of the things that I've said, Um, There's something that's so very important. In order to be present in your now, you have to breathe. (laughs) You're going to have to breathe. And that breathing and that focusing, that focus on your breath, um, it puts you back into the space that you're in. One of the um, things when I started meditating, you know, meditation was kind of new to me because, you know, we meditate on the word of God and we <laughs> day and night. But then we'll say scriptures like, be still and know. <laughs> don't even understand what we're saying. And it's that that part is literal. Mm-hmm. Be still. Yep. I won't have to know anything. I don't have to. I don't have to do anything but be still. And that being still is that focusing on the breath. So I started thinking about it, like, why is it so every YouTube video I watch is it? Focus on your breathing. Inhale through your nose. Think about the air going through your lungs, coming out of your lungs. And I said, why is it so important? Everybody's saying it. Everybody's saying it. That's what they're doing. They're focusing on breathing. And it's because when God formed man, the first thing God did was breathe. Mm. So when I'm returning back to my breath, I'm returning back to God. Yes. Yes. And I get to focus my attention on God, the breath that is continued, that pneuma, the wind of God, that it's happening as I'm breathing. And I get to bring my attention back there and it steals me. It centers me. It allows me the space to uh, let go of all the, the angst that tomorrow holds. It lets me go of the, of the disappointments that yesterday tried. I am doing the best that I can today. And and that looks different every day. And I am okay with what my best is today. And if I do nothing today, mm-hmm. I am okay with that too. Why? Because I don't have an influence mindset. I'm not out here hustling. I have affluence. I have the consciousness that's attracting the things. Those things are looking for me. I don't have to focus my attention anymore on the absence of it. I focus my attention on its presence. It's already done. I just have to be still. In the now, breathe. Jesus was on a boat with some boys and they were out on the water and the boy, boat was running real bad because it was really storming really, really hard. And Jesus was taking a nap in the boat. <laughs> and the people, the men on the boat came down and was like, hey, you don't care that we die? Jesus gets up and he goes to the top of the boat and the storm is all over the place. Y'all know this story. I like to paraphrase. I love the message Bible. I like it. The storm is going and Jesus says, peace. Be still. There's a period behind peace because it wasn't, he wasn't calling for peace. He was acknowledging peace. Now is peace. I know there's a storm. But if you tap into what's happening now, there's peace. And just like that, storm season. That's what happens in our minds. When we acknowledge the now, we realize that peace, grace abides in the now. Everything that we need is right here. 
And we focus our attention on its presence and not its absence. So we have to breathe. And it will keep you being in the now. And it helps release your stress. It helps bring your mind back. It helps control your heart rate. It does. There's so many. Who would have ever known breathing was such an important situation Mm -hmm. that it would do so many things. It will calm you. Whatever the storm is, whatever the situation, whatever's on the mind, remember to breathe. Layla Hathaway, the evangelist, she's my favorite. (laughs) She has a song that says, remember to breathe. That's what I want to leave with you. Remember to breathe. You got everything that you can, you think you need. Just breathe and allow. Breathing is allowance. Breathing is acceptance. Breathing says you are in control. Breathing says you got it. And because you got it, I got it too. Just breathe. Nothing else left to be said. Y'all already know, usually when we start our uh, podcast, we do breathing exercises so that we can focus and become centered. So that's why I was laughing while you were saying it, because breathing is so powerful. But listen, I want you to text the word breathe to 302-648-5544. Why? Because that lets me know you've heard the podcast and it also gives you an opportunity to enter into the drawing at the end of the month. As I always say, create a great day, Mm -hmm. walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision.